Hello, boxing fans, and welcome to another edition of the Abrams Boxing Show, powered by Last Out Media and brought to you by www.15rounds.com, the worldwide leader in boxing news. Also, Abrams Boxing PR Media and Broadcasting, the industry standard for boxing media relations and play-by-play broadcasting. On this episode, I will be speaking with undefeated welterweight Cody Crowley. Crowley, 18-0 with nine knockouts, who's fighting out of Las Vegas via Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, makes his PBC debut this Sunday night when he takes on Josh Torres live on FS1. But before we get to the interview, I have a few news items. Uh, Actually, kind of a busy day in the world of boxing. Uh, We'll start off... After his win uh, on Saturday night, Jose Ramirez has been ordered to fight mandatory challenger Jack Catterall. Uh, Catterall has been the number one contender by the WBO for a little while. Uh, but I don't know if that fight's going to happen next as Catterall, um, he's, he's, well, we'll get to his management in a second. But uh, Ramirez is aiming for a showdown with Josh Taylor. Taylor, who makes his mandatory defense on September 26th. And should he get through that, all the um, belts, it's not mandatory, uh, the unification fight for all four belts to become the undisputed junior welterweight champion of the world could be next for both Jose Ramirez and uh, Josh Taylor. And like I said, Catterall and Taylor, I believe, are both managed by MTK. So I think a deal probably could be made, some step-aside money, maybe paid off a little bit for uh, the all four belts, the undisputed 140-pound world championship to happen, I would imagine sometime either late in 2020 or early 2021. It looks like um, heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua will face IBF mandatory challenger Kubrat Pulov on December 12th in London. The fight tentatively will be held at the O2 Arena, which uh, is kind of interesting. I believe uh, the promoters' uh, matchroom and all the promoters in the United Kingdom are hopefully before the end of the year that there will be some fans be allowed in some of their venues. And uh, with the O2 Arena being one of those 19,000, 20,000-seat arenas, you can see a crowd, maybe up to five, 6,000 people that night for an Anthony Joshua title defense. Arthur Beterbiev will defend his unified light heavyweight championships against Adam Deans of Germany on October 23rd. Uh, the, that fight was moved from September 25th, and Beterbiev was supposed to fight mandatory challenger Menlong Feng, but Feng, who's having some problems with, with his visa issues, going over to Russia. So Deans has been uh, inserted as the challenger for Beterbiev. That fight will be paired on the same card in Russia with the WBO light heavyweight elimination bout between Maxim Vlasov and Umar Salomonov. The winner of that fight will uh, take on Joe Smith for the WBO championship, and uh, Better Biev could be in the future of the winner of that of that fight as well. So, uh, October twenty third in Russia, look for a that fight to appear on some ESPN platform down the road. Looks like an interesting fight between IBF Bantamweight champion Naiola Inoue and Jason Maloney could take place on October 31st in Las Vegas at the top-ranked bubble, the MGM Grand Conference Center. Uh, this would mark the um, would would mark Inoue uh, establish himself again in the United States against Maloney. Uh, would be a you know, real action fight while it lasts. While it lasts, I mean, uh, Inoue's. Just a, a fantastic fighter, tremendous puncher, and Maloney it makes for great fights. And uh, 
Uh, it should be a very interesting uh, fight come October 31st. George Kambosis and Lee Selby will be, appear headed to a lightweight elimination bout this fall after Selby's promoter Matchroom won their purse bid. Uh, look for that fight to maybe be in Wales or somewhere in the UK later in the fall. And the winner of that fight will be in line for the winner of the Vasil Lomachenko Tiafimo Lopez fight that's uh, going to be happening on October 17th. WBC lightweight champion Terry Harper, fresh off her exciting draw with Natasha Jonas, has been ordered to face Katarina Thin- Thinders of, uh, I believe she's from Germany, I'm not, uh, I believe, or um, uh, she's in Europe. I, I don't have, I know she's promoted by the Sauerlands, and that, uh, so instead of a draw, instead of a rematch with Jonas, it looks like Harper can be uh, mo- most likely will be facing Thanders. Former WBA and WBC lightweight champion John Baptiste Mendy passed away at the age of 57. Uh, he's a you know a good, good fighter in the mid 90s from France. He passed away at the age of 57 after a battle of can uh, with cancer. Three division champion Akira Yagaishi announced his retirement. At Yagaishi of Japan won belts at 105, 108, and 112 pounds. And last but not least, Split Team Management announced a sign of amateur standout Marquise Valley. He will make his pro debut this uh, coming Friday night in Kissimmee, Florida, as part of the Boxeo Telemundo uh, uh, series. I don't know if his fight's going to make the broadcast. It remains to be seen, but uh, from all indications and signing with Split Team Management, and be, I believe he's going to be promoted by top rank, Valley is definitely a prospect to keep your eye on. So that's the news of the day. So let's uh, segue into my uh, interview, a great interview with, with, with a good young man and, and a good fighter, an all-action uh, f- fighter, very TV and fan-friendly. Let's hear what Cody Crowley had to say. Good Tuesday evening, everybody. Mark Adams here in Philadelphia. Let's go all the way out to Las Vegas, Nevada, where I have undefeated welterweight Cody Crowley, 18-0, 9 knockouts, who... Uh, Takes on Josh Torres this Sunday night live on uh, FS1. What's happening, Cody? My, pl- my, my, my pleasure. So, how's everything going? We're a few days out. Um, we're about four or five days out from you. The big fight coming up on Sunday night. Uh, your PBC debut against uh, Josh Torres. Uh, how's everything uh, going? How you feeling? Now, you're in uh, Las Vegas now. Uh, originally, you're from Peterborough, Ontario, in Canada. Um, what uh, have, you, have you been in Vegas the whole time? Have you been in Canada? Where have you been during this whole uh, pandemic situation? Okay. Okay, uh... So uh, I'm just trying to see here what um oh, I, I I'm gonna have to ask this question again because uh, your audio was off. Now, now now I think I got you. Can you can you hear me? 
Yes, there, sir. there you go. So what, what have you been doing during uh, the, the pandemic in terms of, uh, you said you've been out in Vegas. How, how were you able to kind of uh, stay in shape in everything? Yeah. Um, as soon as it, as soon as it first happened, um, you know, no one really knew what was going to happen. So all the gyms were closed, everything like that. But, uh, I was continuing to work on my craft, me and my coach, you know, we'd meet up at the park, um, get some pads in, you know, throw around some weights, running on the street, running up in, uh, up in the mountains, getting some high altitude work in, just trying to make the most of it. And, you know, as soon as, as soon as the boxing gym started to come back open, um, you, you, you would think a lot of people would be back in the gyms, but people just, they're still not knowing, you know, when fights are going to happen and fighters don't want to train, uh, unless they have something scheduled. So it's been a little bit different. Not a lot of people in the gym to work with, but we, uh, I've made the most of it, you know, well, so, any, any sparring I can get, I'm taking it. So you, you, I mean, I told, I mean, I've talked to probably a couple hundred fighters in the past couple months and, uh, Couple of them have snuck in the gyms. Uh, you know, a couple of them haven't. You, you you just stayed outside the gym though, for the most part, correct? Yeah, for the most part. Here in Vegas, they were uh, they're pretty strict. Uh, people didn't want to get the fines. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know some gyms have stayed open. They got slapped with big fines from the government. Uh, doesn't make sense to me, but um, it is what it is. You got this fight. Tell me what, what you know about Josh Torres uh, this Sunday night. Tell me uh, what, what you think of him. Uh, I'm excited. Finally, um, well, actually, every fight someone says they're going to come forward and, you know, be the be the dog, be the pit bull. And now I guess I have a pit bull in front of me, Josh Torres, who claims he's coming for an early knockout and he's going to be the one pushing the pace and pushing me back. So if it was up to me, I'd love to fight in the phone booth, you know, rock em, sock em robots and – and let's see what we're made out of. So if I got a guy that's standing in front of me, that's that gets me excited. You, so, men- you mentioned that you're um, you've been in Vegas now for about five years, coming from uh, uh, Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, how much of a difference? I mean, obviously, just asking the question, how much of a difference has that made in your career being out in Las Vegas? Oh, beyond! Uh, it's just it's uncomparable. You know, I I went from training at gyms uh, that had you know five or six amateur fighters that's it to um trained in my garage and driving an hour and a half two hours to big city of toronto to get you know sparring with one professional so here in vegas as soon as i touch down here you know you get world champions um you got the best prospects coming up in the amateur rankings it's it's just endless work and endless knowledge that you're able to soak up so when I, I decided I was going to be a professional fighter for a living, I said I can put myself in the best possible environment to give me the most success, and Vegas was that, that option. Fight capital of the world, all the biggest fights are here. Everyone's doing their training camps out here. Um, as soon as I moved here, it was, uh, it was a no-brainer. Ended up pretty sure I've, the experience I've gained is just phenomenal. You know, I've been in the ring with probably 17, 20 world champions, um, you can't buy that kind of experience. Who, who have you worked with out there? Uh, like you said, obviously there's everyone and everybody's out there. Uh, who, who uh, what, what kind of guys you've been getting sparring with? Um, the boxing Zab Judah, um, Chris Algieri, Jorge Linares, Francis Bartholomew, um, Javante Davis, um, Floyd. Um, oh wow. 
Talk about that uh, experience. Yeah, that that one was a that was a good ongoing experience. You know, I probably boxed about two hundred rounds with Floyd. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so he hired me for the Manny Pacquiao fight and for the Conor McGregor fight as one of his chief sparring partners. So it, the experience really doesn't get any any better than that. You know, yourself um, yourself, you, Paul, you got the beard. So is it, was was that part of it? <laughs> part of it as well? Uh, what the beard? Yeah. Oh, beard, beard's just something new, my friend. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just something new. But, yeah, being being a southpaw, it's it's so rare. You know, nowadays, though, it seems like everybody's southpaw, um, at least in Vegas, everyone everyone around here. I can't even find any right-hand work. I'm fighting a right-hand fighter coming up. But the last five years, it's been very, very hard to find uh, a good southpaw at the welterweight, you know, welterweight or super welterweight division. So, me being here in Vegas, one of it became a hot commodity. You know, they they needed sparring partners, so it it, uh, it was just amazing. You know, I've even got flown over to Russia before. Uh, Edward Troyanovsky, uh, when he was mm-hmm. fighting some southpaws over there uh, for his world title and to defend it. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful, man. I'm beyond blessed, and now it's my time. Here's a question for you. You obviously um, mentioned you're brought in with these. You know, to, to to fight these more, I guess, for lack of a better term, more well-known fighters. And, you know, you hear it a lot on TV, you know, being, you know, we've heard of other guys being kind of the sparring partner to the stars. How do you kind of shift that to be becoming, you know, you know, um, the boss in the ring, so to speak? You're brought in to you give good work to, to these bigger name guys. And then on fight night, you kind of have to, you know, implore that you're the boss in there. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, that's one thing. The, the sparring out here in Vegas, it's a dog-eat-dog world, you know. If if you're not holding your own, you're out very, very quick. Um, it it very much is a 50-50 or a 60-40 type of, type of sparring session. So the 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 amount of experience i get out here every time i go into a fight it actually it takes me a little bit to adjust um so far because it, it's it's kind of like a step down you know yes. but uh i and i haven't really been touched in my first 18 fights so um uh, i'm hoping hoping this fight uh somebody brings something to the table that it's a little bit more exciting for me so when you when you're in the ring with you know for floyd with floyd mayweather Obviously, you're there to give him work, but you're also looking to, you know, I won't say put a hurting, but, you know, to, to, to you know, kind of make an imprint on, on Floyd as well. Sorry, can you say that one more time? I said, I said, you know, when you're sparring a guy like Mayweather, you, you know, obviously you're there to give him work. But, you know, like you said, these 50-50 type of sparring partners, in your mindset, you know, you want him, you want to make an imprint on him a little bit as well. Of course, of course. I never went in there not not gave it my all, you know. And uh, that's something that Floyd likes. If if you come in there and you're not doing good, um, you get sent home very very quickly. Or you know that's somebody that you call on one of these easy days where you just want to go and beat somebody up. But uh, I, I was grateful enough that anytime Floyd called me, it was it was going to be a very serious day in the gym. Uh, just doing Boxing some. I'm sorry. Ten twelve rounds. Just doing some research on you. Um, I know you, you, you know, you when you were fighting back home in Canada, you basically were promoting your own shows and, uh, you know, selling a lot of tickets on your own. And uh, 
uh, now that you, you linked up with, with a manager like Steve Nelson, who obviously he's got, you know, signed De La Hoya out of the amateurs, brought Rockman and guys like William Joppy, among others, the world titles. So, you know, a, a guy from a small town in Canada and known for its hockey, linking up with, with, with a big, you know, big manager with, with good connections in the game. A, how is that uh, done for your career? And what's that make you feel inside that, that a, a guy like that would be interested? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm beyond blessed uh, to have someone like that, you know, uh, put their name, put their name up for me and uh, put on a risk. It's a lot of risk when you take on a fighter, you know, it's a big financial risk and uh, it's a cre- credibility risk too, you know, um, I'm, I'm beyond grateful so far. It's been, uh, it's been a rocky start with this pandemic, right? But uh, we, we linked up at the end of last year. We, we did some business together. And then uh, this year, we, um, we signed a four-fight deal with PBC right off the bat. So hats off, hats off to Steve. He's uh, put up his end of the deal. He's done exactly what he's supposed to do as, the, as a world-class manager. And now it's just my time to go in there and shine so he can go back to work and start making some more deals. Got some comments here. Carol Blewett. Keep the course. You are a champion. So we uh, said we got some of the people. (laughs) Anyone out there is watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, wherever you're at, uh, you know, know, leave a question or comment. If uh, we get the you you get them through before the end of the interview, we'll 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 read them on uh, on to Cody. Um, uh, Another thing I saw, I saw that uh, you know, speaking of going to Vegas, you actually have a a relationship with with Dana White. Talk about that, how that all come about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny story. Um, you know, before I moved here permanently, I was coming here during summer times, you know, trying to get training for amateur fights. And I remember one time, actually it was my first trip to Vegas. Um, my dad brought me out here for a UFC fight. And it just so happened the same time, it was the World MMA Awards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't think back then you could buy tickets to it. This was kind of one of those things that we just kind of, we snuck, we snuck down in on and uh, we got in and I was so blown away. I seen all my stuff, all the stars, people I look up to role models. And I'm just so shocked. But then I seen Dana White and uh, something took over me and I went up to him and I was telling them basically, uh, you know, this is awesome what you're doing with all these professionals, but what about us? What about us young, young guys coming up? Um, the UFC, uh, the ultimate fighter show was huge at the time, just starting up. Right. So I was trying to convince him to have a, an amateur ultimate fighter TV show and to throw me on it, uh, as your first candidate. And, uh, as you could guess, he kind of laughed at me and wondering who the hell this kid is coming up to him and, uh, said, come back and see me when you're older and blink of an eye, 10 years later, I came back to him with, a undefeated 17, no record, a, a successful promotional company in Canada. And uh, it was nice. I didn't come at him as a fighter. I came at him as a, as a business partner, a deal, you know. So it, it's just crazy how you manifest these things. And, and do you have a relationship with him still or was just a... Um, I, ha- I haven't yet. Um, that was more so just kind of like uh, we, we were going to keep doing the, the UFC fight pass thing. Um, but uh, I heard, you know, Dana talk about boxing a little bit and mm. I wasn't too sure how deep he was actually going to go on trying to come in and revamp the game a little bit. And uh, so we, we signed a deal with BBC. It was the best position at the time. And I'm excited to get it going. 
um, Vegas, it's not a big town. You know, just knock. You know, go to the, go to the office. I think I believe they have a big compound there. Why don't you just uh, you can knock on yeah. his door? I mean, I mean heck, you went yeah, right out. Sure. You snuck in and, and met him. So might as well just 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 knock on the door. Say remember me. So you know you for might. Sure. For sure, that's about any, anybody in Vegas. Yeah, um, you run it. You run into some pretty crazy people here. So yeah, I've been out there enough time. I've seen enough craziness for for three lifetimes out there. Oh yeah, all you got to do is come here for a big fight weekend. I'm there. I'm there just about every big fight. I'm there all the yeah, time. You, you're gonna run into whoever you need to do business with. So, so, so next time I'm out there, I think you in and out burger on you. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Um, doing some, doing some again research on you. Obviously, you've come a long way uh, when you started. Um, when you started, first you started as a kickboxer, if I'm not mistaken, karate or, yeah. or and it, it didn't go all smooth for you uh, at no, first. That, no, that was a very, very short-lived dream. You know, I started in that, and uh, all of a sudden I started losing weight, and I started getting confident, thinking, shoot, maybe I can fight. And I was only 14 at the time, so it was a co-ed uh, karate slash kickboxing tournament. And 14 unders co-ed, so I went in there. Next thing you know, I looked across and it was a female. So that kind of blew me blew me away quite a bit, you know. And I didn't really have uh, I had a lack of confidence and self-esteem at the time. And as soon as that bell rang, just her leg went up, boom, 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 across my face, and that was pretty much it, you know. So it's uh, it's a pretty crazy story to say that my very first fight was against a girl and i lost and now you know i'm in the ring boxing people like the likes of floyd mayweather and signing deals to some of the biggest promotional companies in the world um coming from a small town where i pretty much had to rely on my family and myself i wonder if that girl realized does she realize that you're an 18 and 0 world ranked welterweight now it's probably ronda rosie ronda <laughs> rousey <laughs> oh that's I'm that no that, that, i'm hoping <laughs> So uh, obviously, I just mentioned you're ranked number, I believe, number ten in the world by the WBA, and uh, uh, the main event that night is uh, your Dennis Ugas defending his. Uh, I don't know if it's the interim title or, or no, actually, maybe even a vacant title with Abel Ramos. Uh, I've asked a few fighters this: um, is being that you're world ranked, and guys have you know possibly fallen off of cards. It happens, obviously now. Are yep. are you are you uh, have you been told or are you maybe a possible backup situation for a main event if should uh, someone not come through okay in the next few days? Possibly. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, odds are looking very good for me if uh, if something happens with that fight. Yeah. So I'm 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 prepared for anybody right now. Yeah. Um, Ugas would be uh, he would be a great person that I want to fight. You know, me and him have had some gym wars ourselves. He's out in Vegas uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much anybody in that in that top ten, you know, um, there's so many world champions right now with all these kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> and people just people don't want to fight each other. You know, it's a money game. How much how much money can I get? And these these fighters are fighting. You know, once twice a year. Um, that's why you know when Dana was talking about coming into boxing and and trying to bring a one belt thing in, you know that that excited me. You know, just looking at the welterweight division, you got like Manny Pacquiao, you got Danny Garcia, you got Earl Spence, you got Ugas, you got Keith Thurman, you got Sean Porter, you got Cody Crowley, you got so you got ten more than ten, probably ten or fifteen guys that uh, 
and for you know 10 of them are world champions and imagine all those guys just fighting to be a number one contender you you you, br- you bring up a, a, an interesting point in the sense that the guys like me and the fans and you just mentioned there there may be one or two or four extra world champions per weight class but for a fighter like you even though it might not it might be the WBA regular or WBA interim <laughs> title for a fighter like yourself coming up you know, a kind of a, an un, you know, I won't say unknown, but a, one of the lesser known out of those top 10 guys, you know, if that opportunity for that interim or, or regular title or super title or whatever, for a fighter, that me, it still means a lot. Oh, of course. Um, you know, that's been my dream ever since I first put on a, a pair of boxing gloves, you know, to one day be able to hold a belt over my head and call myself a world champion. So any any one of these fighters that has somebody pull out I'm, I'm here it doesn't matter how many days notice i'm here and I'll, I'll take the shot at it um that's what fighters do they fight nowadays i think it has to do with the whole structure of, of this boxing you know you're 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 broke until you make it and then yeah. all of a sudden you're a multi-millionaire overnight and as soon as these guys get a piece of that money they don't want to see it go because they know all it takes is one fight to lose and they're back fucking working a, a nine-to-five job how you know? how important is it for you on this card, you know, with Ramos and Ugas fighting for a world title? How important is it for you not only to win, but to to you know, again, you just you know, you put yourself in in the in the names with, with those names you just mentioned. Um, how important is it for you to to to, to really put on on a, a full performance, whether it's a knockout or a real ten round beatdown of Josh Torres? To have people on Monday morning saying, "Okay, uh, Ugas look good, or, or or Abel Ramos look good," but I would like to see them one of those guys fight Crowley. You know, have like the boxing public or you know, the pundits like myself, you know, be saying that on Monday morning. It's very important that the difference between waking Monday morning and just winning another fight, or waking up Monday morning and Al Heyman calling me and telling me to get ready for a world title in November. Very important. That's life changing overnight. You know, so. Um, I don't want to jump ahead to the next fight, but this is the most important fight right now because it dictates my future. And and it could possibly dictate uh, some of the future in the 147-pound division. Again, like you said, without jumping ahead, I mean, in a perfect world, what is the, you said the four-fight deal with PBC. What is the game plan? Tell me, what, what those four fights, how, how does that play out? Dr- Perfect world for me. Get this fight underway and fight for a world title in November. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it's against. Um, I know Jamal James just picked up picked up a world title. Um, you know, Ugas is probably going to pick up a world title um, Saturday night. But uh, you got guys like Sean Porter. You got girls, guys like Earl Spence. Um, I, I want to go for a world title at the end of this year. Um, this whole, this whole. Uh, you know, grooming, waiting, taking it slow. I'm just, I'm ready to go in there and, and show what I'm worth. And uh, a guy who produces action-packed fights, that's the guy who gets the call back. You mentioned Earl Spence. He's got a date with Danny Garcia November 21st. What, what, what are your thoughts on that fight? You know, I'm sure you're the same division, I'm it's, sure. Something that, yeah, you know. it's, it, it, it should be interesting. I'm pretty sure everybody in the boxing world is kind of wondering what's going on with Earl right now, you know? Um if you if you see a picture of the car, you're wondering how the hell that guy is is getting in the ring <laughs> this November. So it's it's uh, it's a magnificent story that he's he's coming back and he's still on top. And a lot of people are wondering what 
what Earl is coming back. So it's going to be very interesting to see against um, Danny Garcia. Personally, I think I think Danny's kind of uh, on the end of his road. You know, he's he's going down, and uh, I, I see Earl coming out for sure on top. Stephen Rothman on Facebook. How did you get the nickname the Crippler? <laughs> um, long story, but it, you know what? It kind of actually, uh, I kind of came up with it myself. To be honest, you know, it uh, it ran coded the Crippler Crowley Triple C Boxing, um, and that is the mentality that when I go in there, I'm literally trying to cripple the man in front of me. You know, um, I'm not trying to box. I'm not trying to look pretty. I'm trying to come in front of you and literally take your soul. I'm going to put so much pressure on you that you can't escape and you are going to be gasping for air and you're going to drown from the lack of oxygen. And eventually everybody folds and they just cripple. It reminds me of a fighter I work with for quite a few years. I actually work with Ruslan Pravodnikov. So that sounds similar to his kind of style. Would that be correct? Very much so. Very much so. Uh, all right. Well, just a couple last couple last questions. Uh, what do you want to say to the fans out there before we, uh, um, we, we see you Sunday night? Yeah, I just want to say everyone who's at home bored. Um, has nothing to do right now. You want to see some action Sunday night. I'm coming. I'm not trying to box. I'm not trying to put on a pretty show. I'm coming to do some rock'em sock'em robots and two guys in a phone booth. And so this is going to be very exciting. And I, That's all I have to say. And as a Canadian, as as you being a Canadian, I have to ask who, who's your pick to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I don't follow hockey no more, brother. Oh wow! Yes, uh, very rare Canadian. Wow, very rare. My Flyers are down three games to one, so I'm a little, little in trouble here. But all right, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah, enough. I, I don't know what it was. I grew up with hockey skates, uh, basically on my feet when I was born. Um, but as soon as I started getting involved in boxing, you know, I was like, I'd be playing hockey, and all of a sudden I would lose. Uh, our team would lose, but I gave 150. percent I'm thinking, what the hell? You know, these people aren't picking up their, their, uh, their end of what they signed up for. And ever since then, I a one man sport is is a sport that I truly uh, I truly admire. They may not let, they may not let you back in the country if you say you don't follow hockey. <laughs> I've been up there several times to, to broadcast fights, and I mean it's you know there are hockey sticks and it's hockey all over the place in Montreal. I've been to uh, Gatineau, Quebec. I've been I've been, yeah, been, yeah. Been, been around been around up there. Um, and finally. Yeah, no. Finally, where do we see you on social media? Social media, just Cody Crowley Boxing. Super simple. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, uh, anyone who needs information. Uh, we'll be posting links to the fight, where to watch the fight. Just hit me up, and uh, you're in for a treat on Sunday. Well, it's FS1 here in the United States. Cody, Triple C, the Crippler Crowley. Thank you very much for a few minutes of your time. We look forward to talking to you. Uh, Hey, real quickly, I got Mike Hopcroft. Sunday can't come fast enough. We are that excited. Uh, is it, is it, yeah. Are these your people t- tuning in? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I might have to, I might have to write this. Uh, uh, Crowley equals ratings. I may have to get you back on sooner or later if, if you're going to draw a crowd thanks. like this. Uh, well, we Like I said, we wish you best of luck. Uh, we'll be watching the fight, and we'll talk to you along the way. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. My pleasure, and best of luck. All right. Take care.